All right, I got the pep talk. Personal pep talk. You can do it. You can do it. I look in the mirror. I point to that guy looking back at me and I go, here I go again on my own. And then I'm trying to muster up the courage. I go, you can do it, man. You can do it. All right. The kids are asleep. Your wife is watching a home makeover show, having some Chianti. It's your night. You can do it. And I say to myself, here I go again on my own. Nope. Not feeling it. Not feeling that level of confidence you need. And then I look to my boys, White Snake. And I say, how's that lyric supposed to go, fellas? I don't care. I don't care if you like rock and roll, if you don't like rock and roll, if you like 80s hair bands, if you don't like 80s hair bands, that shit's good. I mean, that's real good. Anytime you're about to embark upon a solo mission in life without help from anybody else, I recommend a little white snake. How sweet was that moment in The Fighter? You remember that movie, The Fighter, with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and Christian Bale playing Dickie Eklund, his brother? When Irish Mickey Ward is coming down the aisle for a big fight on ESPN, and that's his walk-up music? Here I go again! It's just perfect. The people who work in Hollywood, the people who work in films and they just pick the song for the moment, and when they get it right, it's kind of brilliant. These people are kind of necessary. Most movies put us on a little emotional roller coaster. A little intro scene, you got to have the right music. A little montage scene, you got to have the right music. <gasps> it's about to be sad. It's about to be sad. You got to have the right music. It's about to be scary. You got to have the right music. But that shit in The Fighter, Dickie Eklund, just massaging Mickey Ward's shoulders like you got this. Two brothers having a great brotherly moment, even though everything in their lives is totally dysfunctional. But for some reason, White Snake calms everybody down. For some reason, White Snake? Well, I think we know why. It's because when you're a boxer, hey, it's like being a podcaster. Solo mission. You got to dig deep within. <laughs> Oh, when the drums come in, when the drums come in, are you getting the chills? Is it just me getting the chills here? And is White Snake still a band? Are they on the county fair circuit? And is there a reason to know any other White Snake song? And if I look up the video to Here I Go Again on YouTube, is it going to be amazing? So many sparks, so much dry ice. So much airspray. And that's what I'm going to be for Halloween. That's a big lead up to my costume. All 80s. All the time. With my wife. Why? I don't know. We just decided. Let's go back in time. Let's keep it fluorescent, folks. Keeping it fluorescent. Welcome in. It's episode 198. You ready for this? How you feeling? October just zooming by. 
That's October. That's my impression of October just zipping by. It's getting a little cooler. Leaves are falling. Football's heating up. Hoops is happening. World Series action. It's a good time for a sports gambler to get fully addicted and consumed and forget about their family and then dig a deep hole and then try a kamikaze bet and say, hey, sports gods, I need one. I need an over tonight. My kids have a college fund that's dwindling quite a bit because Clay Thompson can't hit a three. And you're thinking, Garoppolo's going to destroy me. I need an over-under here of 47 points, and I just was hoping they could improve the passing game a little bit. Are the Phillies' bats really going to stay this hot? I had the under. Folks, Proposition 26 is not going to pass, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. If you need to sweep out the devil, just sweep it out of your house. Hey, sports gambling demons, just get, get, get out then you might be happy that Prop 26 on your California ballot is going to die. No chance to legalize online apps for gambling. We don't need that. Keep it illegal, okay? Keep it real illegal on the offshore websites that end in E-E-U-X. That's not a .com. But you'll find a way. You'll find a way to sin. You'll find a way. That's what we realized during Prohibition. Our nation actually said no to alcohol. No more alcohol. You can't distribute it. You can't manufacture it. Can you drink it? Yeah. Sounds like a bit of a loophole. That's the truth. Our nation, during this period of prohibition, tried to outlaw alcohol, but a little caveat. You can still drink alcohol. It's not a joke. Just walk right up to a cop with a 40 ounce of malt liquor in 1923, and you don't get arrested. Alcohol is illegal in this country, but if you're making it in your bathtub, a little moonshine, a little grain whiskey, hey, we'll look the other way. Why not? Apparently, our country was too drunk. And there were problems like family violence and alcoholism and corruption. And nothing has changed. If anything, we just glorify alcohol now. Hey, it's your birthday. Hey, it's New Year's Eve. It's Cinco de Mayo. It's St. Patty's Day. They could outlaw anything. People will still find a way. Back to sports gambling. I'm done. Cold turkey, folks. I'm done. Okay? I'm done. Got to be able to focus on my breath. Not the Cleveland Browns running game in the fourth quarter. I got to focus on my breath. Not the Atlanta Hawks defense falling apart in the third quarter. My breath. So there it is, folks. If you're listening to this podcast for your voting guide here in November... Prop 26 is going to fall flat, and I thank God for that. Thank you, God. We don't need easier access. Starts with legal online gambling, and then what? They'll build a brothel right in your neighborhood, as they say in Tommy Boy, and then the whores will come, and you go, what? How? That escalated quickly. All right, let's all calm down. I think we came out a little hot. I think we just need to calm down and maybe reflect on one of the big stories this week. And I think you know the story I have to bring up right now. I hope you're sitting down for this. On a bit of a serious note, we've all been talking about it. We've all been thinking about it, maybe even losing sleep about it. But I'm just going to read to you the facts. I just want to deal with facts. I don't want to analyze anything yet. I don't want to speculate. Just going to give you the facts. And I know you've already heard the story, so I'll just reiterate the bullet points, but a man 
known as the world's dirtiest man, has died at 94 years old. All right. I told you you should be sitting down for this. He was known as the Iranian hermit and the world's dirtiest man. And he died just months after taking his first wash in decades. This is according to the Iranian state media. I don't know why this was in some newspapers, but I will read this to you. They called him Uncle Haji. He died in Dezgah, a village in the country's southern province of Fars. He had avoided all fresh food, and he believed that if he cleaned himself, he would get sick. So he clearly had a disorder. No, I said I'm not going to analyze it yet. Haji was well known for his staunch stance against bathing. A few years ago, when a group of villagers took him to a nearby river in an attempt to bathe him, he threw himself out of the car and he ran away. Locals in the area treated him and his condition with respect. They understood his fear of getting sick was the reason he avoided water. And a few months ago, villagers successfully gave Haji a wash. The last paragraph says he was unmarried. His funeral was held Tuesday evening in Farashband. Okay, now I'm going to go back and read this article with a lot of analysis. An Iranian hermit known as the world's dirtiest man. Who gave him that nickname? Who gave him the moniker? I want to know. The world's dirtiest man. They didn't just call him the dirtiest guy in the village. They were convinced. You're the dirtiest guy in the world. Okay, he died at 94. Whoa, what a life. What a life. Is he teaching us something? That maybe we're overbathing? Are we? Sometimes... I wash my hair twice a day. I deodorize twice a day. Is this going to shorten my life? Did this guy know a secret? 94 is a great life. Just months after taking his first wash in decades. Sounds like he was coaxed into it. And why are the villagers so amped about this? Why not just let Uncle Haji be? They'd encourage him to bathe for 94 years. He just wouldn't. All right, the article goes on to say Haji had for decades avoided fresh food and believed that if he cleaned himself, he will get sick. Rewind, he avoided fresh food? Tell us what he ate. Hey, Haji, what'd you eat? Uh, anything that wasn't fresh. And you lived till 94. Okay, had a fear of water? A staunch stance against bathing. I know it sounds like a little kid, but this guy was in his 90s. A staunch stance against bathing. So when the villagers successfully gave him a wash, it made the local news. But before that, he, what, threw himself out of a moving car to avoid the suds? And I love the last part, he was unmarried. Although, I want to say by choice, all right? I don't want to judge. You thought I was going to go, of course he was unmarried. You thought I was going to take that obvious stance? No. He was too good for the ladies in Farashband. He was too good for the ladies in... Desga, the southern province of Fars. They all wanted a piece of Uncle Haji. He said, no, you look too clean to get close to this body. You know, may he be in heaven, avoiding baths at all costs. But instead, I just, I wonder, I, I do wonder what some of his undergarments might have smelled like. You do too, even though right now you're like, ew, aren't you a little curious? If the guy took maybe one bath in the last 50 years, aren't you a little curious? What did he smell like? That's not your typical B.O. We've all smelled typical B.O. Typical B.O. is probably someone that, you know, missed a shower for a couple of days or didn't deodorize for a day and a half. That's what we tend to smell 
when we go, oh, who is that? What is that? In a public setting, if someone has BO, it does make you a little nauseous, but it's not 94 years with one bath. Uncle Haji. Holy shit. For $10,000, I wouldn't think twice about it. You know that. I don't believe him. I don't believe him. You would think twice if presented with it. All right. There's Uncle Haji ready for the sniff down. And there's a briefcase full of $10,000 in cold, untaxed, unmarked cash. You got to think a few times. You got to be like, wait, who's going to know? How bad is this going to be? Should I have recorded a podcast tonight if that's my only content? You could Google it. World's dirtiest man has passed away. And I think we should all pour out a little bath water in respect. Speaking of the bath, that is a good transition once you know where I'm going. Because this is the truth. I overheard, I was doing dishes tonight and I overheard my wife giving my daughter a bath. And my daughter said, all right, once baby, she's asking a lot of good questions, folks. The type of questions that we need to Google first so we don't screw up her brain as she moves forward in life. But she said to my wife, all right, so once a baby's ready to come out of your tummy, where does the baby come out? And I heard this question clearly. I stopped washing dishes. I just kind of tiptoe closer to the bathroom. I wanted to hear where this one was going. And my wife's like, Josh, she wants to know where the baby comes out. And I said, let's tell her. And we did. I don't have to get into the terminology that we used. I would say five-year-old appropriate terminology. And we thought that that would quench her thirst. We thought that would satiate her curiosity. But instead she goes, well, then why is it that my friend Reese says they cut your tummy open and rip it out? We're like, what? Reese? First of all, I've never heard the name Reese. I thought I knew all of her friends. Why is it that my friend Reese says they cut your tummy open and they rip that baby out? And I was like, oh, Reese. This is TK Talk 2022. Reese is talking about a C-section. So we immediately taught our daughter who turns five next month about a C-section tonight. That's a big night. And... We carved pumpkins and I roasted some pumpkin seeds. Oh my God, they were good. Just a little olive oil and sea salt. Isn't that what everyone in the nation says about everything? Just a little olive oil and sea salt. Really? Just a little olive We're so simple about everything. Just a little olive oil and sea salt. But really, just a little olive oil and sea salt. As good as any snack. And welcome back to Pumpkin Seed Talk. More phone calls in a minute, but what you want to do is set the oven to 350 and try to dry them, pat them dry before you put them on that baking sheet. And when I say 350, you could go up to 375, but you're going to want to keep them in there for about 40 minutes. And every 15 minutes, I do want you to take them out and just toss them up a little bit. Okay, so they really get golden brown because that's what you're going for. And once you do eventually take them out, don't scoop them immediately and burn your tongue like I do with everything. You might want to wait seven to eight minutes so they cool off a little bit. Then you can really enjoy a delicious Halloween snack experience. C-section. When I was younger, I thought we were talking about S-E-A, section. I didn't know C was short for cesarean. By the way, why cesarean? I'm going to Google that right now. 
On the last podcast, I thought it was who brought stripes, not broad stripes and bright stars. And when I was young, I remember thinking that was a C-section. Because they're going to open up your tummy the size of a C? It's gross. Cesarean. Why do we call it cesarean? Surgical procedure in which a baby is delivered through incisions on your abdomen and uterus. What am I missing about cesarean? Sorry to sound like a moron on my own podcast, but hold on. Cesarean? Oh my God, thank you, Google. Roman law under Caesar decreed that all women who were so fated by childbirth must be cut open. Hence, cesarean. It really goes back to Caesar. Other possible Latin origins include the verb sedare, meaning to cut, and the term sezonis. That was applied to infants born by post-mortem operations. And I'm guilty of just reading the first entry on Google, but well, Julius Caesar. Oh no, my baby's crying. I gotta stop. I gotta tend to a baby with a potential fever. You give me fever. Okay, now this article, sorry, I'm immediately just going article to article while a baby is crying, but this is too fascinating. Julius Caesar might have been the first one to be born via C-section, so they gave it the name Caesarian. Caesar gets credit? All women going with the cut open birth? How could that be right? How could any of this be? What do we know? Oh, I got to stop Googling. That's a little much. But the point is, my daughter's going to remember that now for the rest of her life. She knows about C-sections. And how many women that have had C-sections even Google, why do we call them Caesarian? And they go, Julius Caesar? This is connected to Julius? It's a great name. Julius Caesar. You know it's not a great name? Elon Musk. Not saying he's not a great person. I don't know him. He seems a little much. He seems a little much. Worth over $240 billion. Yeah, he officially bought Twitter today and fired a lot of people. Do I have an opinion on that? I don't know. One person can actually buy how people communicate. Think about how many people report news and just communicate with one another, direct messages, express thoughts, a lot of freedom of speech, and then boom. A tycoon could just swipe the credit card and say, I'd like that. Everything has a price tag. How much is Twitter? I'll take that. $240 billion, folks. That Tesla stock is doing well. $240 billion. No one understands. No one understands that number. Maybe Elon, but yeah, not a good name. Hi, I'm Elon Musk. Ew. You smell like Elon Musk. Uncle Haji's balls smelled like Elon Musk, and you know I'm telling you the truth. I don't lie to you on this podcast. You could buy everything in this country as a price tag? That is a cross-section of America. Freedom of speech, freedom of expression, a lot of it happening publicly right there on Twitter, a big forum for hate and smart people to express themselves. And then one guy playing this board game called Capitalism at a very high level, he has enough good business ideas, good business acumen, where he compiles over $240 billion and can just say, I will buy that as well. Check him for wires. I think he's AI, right? Elon Musk is not a human with blood, bones, and guts on the inside. That's just wires. There's no way that's a real dude. We've all been duped. Wouldn't that be the greatest aha moment in the history of our country? If the wealthiest guy in the world, he is the wealthiest guy in the world, has surpassed Jeff Bezos. Bezos. 
And you know Jeff Bezos cares about that. These guys that launch themselves into outer space for fun, leisure recreation. I launch myself into outer space. And then we uncork champagne and spray the peasants right on. I'm Elon. The difference between a billion and a million, I'll tell you right now. If I sat here on the podcast and counted to one million, it would take 11 days. And if I counted to a billion, it would take over 33 years. I think that's true. Don't Google it. But I think that's the difference between a billion and a million. So when you hear about a millionaire, that person has a lot of money. When you hear about a billionaire, what are we doing anymore? All these billionaires in California. California now, if it were its own country, it would be the fourth largest economy in the world. I have fun facts for you today, folks. You don't even have to take notes. Just take these facts and drop them into a conversation throughout the weekend. You're going to be in a social setting with people talking about boring shit. And just at some point, so you know the difference between a million and a billion is. And they go, oh, you listen to Josh too? He's a weird kid, isn't he? Huh? You heard 198? And you heard about California's economy? If they were a country, it'd be the fourth largest in the world. Should we secede? <gasps> Should we do it? Should Callie just say, we're now a country? Would that affect my life at all? Probably. How? I don't know. I don't have the kind of insight right now. I feel a little tired. Didn't sleep well last night. A lot of tossing and turning and tossing and turning. And worked hard today. Worked hard with the great teenage learners of America. The teenage learners of America. I work at Saved by the Bell. At least that's my 80s costume. On Monday, I can't wait. Crimped hair. Eyeshadow. Leg warmers on my wife. Oh my God. This is how we should dress 50% of the time. Let's just lapse back into the 80s. That was a bright, funky era for fun fashion. Is everything for sale really? Like, could I buy YouTube if I was a multi-billionaire? Could I just buy YouTube? And then what would I do with YouTube? I know it's a business decision, but Elon, he buys it as a business move. It's a business move. But now does he kind of get to control the communication? Will people still be getting banned for hate speech or does he take a different approach? I mean, really, is it up to him or is it up to the government? Is he bigger than the government? If you're that wealthy, aren't you bigger than the government? You kind of are, right? Who's more powerful right now? Musk or Biden? Musk. I must ask you, who's more powerful? Musk or the Supreme Court? I don't know. How many Supreme Court members can you name right now? Don't Google how many? If it's more than four, I'm proud of you. Okay, and isn't that what you came here for? My approval on your ability to name the justices? If I was filthy rich, I wouldn't be buying any of these big tech companies. Maybe YouTube, because then I could just get rid of all the terrible videos. Have you ever just looked up something and seen how many people are just trying to make a buck with some bullshit? Like I was looking up something about the Latin American revolutions of independence little Simon Bolivar. I was looking for a little educational video on Simon Bolivar, Jose de San Martin, Miguel Hidalgo. It was that time in the school year. Let's talk about some of these Latin American revolutions. And there's like a few good ones. And then keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling like to the 70th. Just one guy that knows nothing at a desk with a white background. Felt the need to, hey, put my hat in the ring. We'll see. Maybe I'll get some clicks. I click on it. It's like, Hey, Latin American revolutions, what a time. What a real crazy time. There were weapons and there were, there were people with those weapons. Click like and subscribe. With the weapons, what they did was independent. I'm like, open a fucking book. 
the amount of people looking for clicks trying to educate us on things that they're not educated about on YouTube, that's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. But really, if I owned YouTube, there'd be no more. That's not true. That's not true. You give everyone a seat at the table. A good old-fashioned forum of expression. You know what? I used to ask my students, what are you watching nowadays? Like, do you have any show recommendations? And a few of them would occasionally say YouTube. And I go, what do you mean you watch YouTube? And now I do the same damn thing. I do. I have no show right now. Nothing. White Lotus doesn't start until Sunday. I got nothing on Amazon Prime. I got nothing on Hulu. I definitely have nothing on network TV. Maybe 60 Minutes and Saturday Night Live, but let's not even count those. Like a real show, a drama. I got nothing right now. So maybe a little NPR Tiny Desk. Have you seen the Wyclef? Wyclef Jean? NPR Tiny Desk. Go right now. Go. Stop listening to this and just watch the Wyclef Tiny Desk. So I watch a little Tiny Desk. And then if you like that, you like this. You like that? Now I'm watching Paul Simon at the Greek Theater. You like that? You like this? Now I'm watching Jerry Garcia. Now I'm watching young Jerry Garcia. You like that? You like this? Now I'm watching Elvis. I'm watching some Elvis. You like that? You like this? You like that? If you like that, then come back for this. And now I'm watching some ASMR finger painting. You like that? You like this? And now I'm watching someone carve a pumpkin. You like that? You like this? And now I'm watching someone bake pumpkin seeds and I want to eat them. And I'm just watching YouTube. I'm riding the YouTube wave. I understand. Smart TVs. Watching it on my phone wouldn't be appealing. I still couldn't watch a movie or a TV show. I think it's my age. Young people can watch movies on their phones. I could never do that. But on the big TV, watching YouTube, it's kind of fun. Crazy rabbit hole. Good on it. It could start with Wyclef on NPR Tiny Desk. And it ends with the time Mitch Richmond dropped 30 points on the Pistons. You're like, oh, wait, what? How? And God, Mitch was good. Why did we trade him to Sacramento? Why? I'm asking you. Don't tell me Billy Owens had a tremendous upside. Okay? He was raw. He was a project out of Syracuse. And that's how Run TMC ended, kids. That's how it ended. Why is Don Nelson revered by Warriors fans, including me? Why do we like him so much? He messed a lot of stuff up. I don't have anything else tonight i kind of just want to get onto that couch and watch a home makeover show with my wife no i don't but i'll be a good husband and i'll say things like whoa french doors on that house i don't know oh the entryway table looks a little mid-modern but weren't they going for more of a rustic look the makeover shows i guess they're fine like it's for me it's like c plus b minus entertainment but what makes it truly unwatchable are the constant interviews with the people just show me the before footage and the after footage, and that's watchable. I like to watch a little before and after footage with some home renovation or landscaping. That's kind of fun. It could take seven minutes. But the filler is when they talk to the families, and they go for that emotional approach, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. My grandma always had a diner table in the kitchen, so our dream has always been a diner table. And now, well, with a stroke of good luck, it seems like we're going to make that. Who cares? No one asked. Your grandma's diner table? Having a ceiling fan when I was a kid sounded like a real luxury. But now, by a stroke of good luck, it looks like that's going to become real life around here. Who, who, who would care? Yo, my dad uh, used to work in a brick factory. And the fact that we're going to have a brick exterior connects me to my dad on a level that I never thought was possible. <laughs> Just show the fucking renovation. Full shows, endless shows, renovating a shitty house into a nice house. And these get ratings, these get clicks, because we're all sheep. They know the algorithm on our brains. What we'll watch. I talked about the food shows. They go anywhere in the country. We're looking for the best sandwich, and we'll watch hours of it. They're looking for the best sandwich. Today we're in Philadelphia at Tommy's. 
Tommy uses bread and cold cuts, pickled lettuce, tomato. Then they interview Tommy, and it's just... Wait, this is a rerun. I've already talked about that. Like I said, I have nothing else. Maybe I will get that sports gambling account revved up again. I tried to quit cold turkey, but what am I doing? This? Has this been worthwhile for anyone? I don't know. If so, leave a nice rating on iTunes. Leave a real nice one. All right, by our next episode, I think I might grow up a little bit. I might mature. And my daughter's going to ask another big adult question. Tonight it was, how do those babies come out? And we told her one path, and she told us, oh, there's another. My friend Reese says they cut you wide open. Who's Reese? Aren't you picturing this? Little kids just eating their snacks. My mom's abdomen was sliced open, and they brought me right out. Oh, mature conversations. It's kind of cute. All right, that's it. That's it. All right, after the show, I'll be selling some merch on a side table. It'll look real sad. You enjoyed the show, and then you see the guy trying to peddle his keychains and T-shirts and posters, taking pictures. At first, you'll be like, oh, cool, let's take a picture with him. And then you'll be like, oh, he does that every night? And then goes to his travelodge, watches Law & Order, Brings home a jumbo jack with two tacos and does it all over again? Yeah, so I'll just be in the lobby area signing posters of the Here We Go podcast. And I'd love it if you would buy my DVD set as well. That's episode 198, folks. We did it. What did we do? No clue. I have absolutely no clue, but I appreciate you. And this one is totally in the books. So I'll talk to you soon.